Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of On The Pod, my lord. I'm your host, James Rushton, and today I'm joined again by Ellis Sanford. How you doing, mate? Oh, good, mate. How are you? All good, man. And uh, Villa have given us reason to smile lately, haven't they? Um, they haven't stopped winning, to be uh, you know, to be truthful. Um, the last game we had was a 1-1 draw against Burton, so that was a bit of a lie. But, uh, you know, Villa have been doing well recently. What do you think of it all? I mean, it's a complete contrast to the last time we all spoke, wasn't it? I think, I can't remember when it was. I think it was early February and, you know, we didn't win in January. Things were looking a bit grim. I think I may have said, you know, Bruce out, but the wins started coming. And it's actually been pleasurable to follow Villa for the last month or two, which hasn't happened in quite a while. Yeah, I mean, uh, Villa on the weekend drew one all against uh, Burton Albion even at the uh, Pirelli Stadium just up in Burn, uh, Burton. I keep saying Burnley, man. Burton <laughs> Albion. And uh, yeah, I think that result was more disappointing now. I mean, a month ago, you'd have probably taken that 1-1 draw. But it feels like a bit of a, a kick in the teeth now after Villa were doing so good. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's a good thing in that you know, we're not setting ourselves up for like the even bigger disappointment of maybe missing out on the last day. Yeah. But, you know, considering the run we were on, I can see why people are disappointed. But then, you know, Burton are a good team at home. And like you said, a draw against them. A few weeks ago, I'd have taken that. Yeah, I mean, I think the last uh, match Villa lost was against Huddersfield, and that was a gutting one. And that was probably one of the more disappointing results of the season because a win there, you know, we could be a bit more serious about talking about playoffs right now. That win against Huddersfield uh, eluded us. It was a, seemed to be a luckier win for Huddersfield back in, at the start of March, the 7th of March. And uh, since then, we've beat Sheffield Wednesday, Wigan Athletic, Norwich City, QPR, and it came to a halt against uh, Burton. But before that, you know, we was beating Bristol. Back in February, we still had a bit of a winning streak going. We beat Bristol and all that. And uh, we've only lost once at home, I think, against Ipswich, which was gutting. Yeah, I mean... We took lessons from Huddersfield, I guess. So, yeah. um, I mean, if considering that at that point we didn't expect to be going up, I think um, Alex Carson made the point this season was pretty much a write-off after Christmas. It was a case oh, of, yeah. you know, get survival and then, you know, build for next season. And if, if it takes a 1-0 loss at Huddersfield in like a nothing game to, you know, help us build for next season, I'm kind of okay with that. I mean... You know, the championship table, it's based on mathematics. You know, it can only tell the truth. You only get as many points as as you earn. Um, but if Villa did sneak a playoff spot, that would be damning of some of the teams in that playoff position because, you know, Villa were out of the pit. We were, we were points off relegation. Start of February, you know, I mean, Valentine's Day, we got battered by Barnsley and it looked like, you know, relegation might be on the cards. It, you know, don't want to you know, be too negative here, but when you're... You know, two or three points above the relegation zone, things can get quite worrying. You know, if you can't get out that run of form, and uh, suddenly we're back on back in the playoff picture, it seems a bit insane. It seems too weird. Yeah, it's a funny old division, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, people, really. Like, I mean, you know, we we made Norwich look like amateurs. Norwich made Reading look like non-existent, <laughs> and, and now Reading play us on the weekend, and you know complete the whole thing they'll probably make us look like amateurs you know there's yeah, just no form like just unlike it shows your Villa you know you can go on one quick run and just everything's flipped on its head but I mean I don't know about you but playoffs nah yeah you know the fact that we're even in the conversation 
says a lot to me after mm. the you know the January and February we had to even be in that conversation that's amazing that's an amazing turnaround you know I mean could it still happen yes it could um a lot would have to go Villa's way but that's been the trend recently everything has gone Villa's way and um, we have got Fulham and uh, I believe Fulham and Wednesday play each other I'm not too sure mm-hmm. on that yeah they do but you know, there's a lot of things that could happen for Villa's favour, and you know, we're the form team in the Championship. There's not many teams, if if at all, uh, gunning harder for the playoffs than Aston Villa. Um, except the teams that aren't, you know, the teams that are sixth, fifth, fourth, they don't seem to have the form that Villa have for whatever reason. And uh, you know, what what do you think of the Championship then? And it's the first season, you know, we've both of us have endured in the Championship. <laughs> what uh, do you actually think of it as a league? It's more interesting than the Premier League to some extent in that no games are given. Like a game between, you know, a random Cardiff City versus Brentford, you know, 12th versus 14th, anything could happen. Whereas, you know, Premier League, it's not, I mean, there are shocks, but it's more predictable. And, you know, this season we went down. I mean, we won 15 games this season. We wouldn't have won 15 games in the Premier League. So, you know, we're getting to see Villa play well. So, I mean, obviously we don't want to stay down here forever, but, you know, one season, get our shit together and um, build on it, I guess. It's uh, it's weird because the, the, talent, the bar for talent is so much, you know, it's a lot lower than I expected. And mm-hmm. uh, the biggest example of that would be, you know, not just players like we've got, like Kodja, Hogan, even Alan Hutton, who seems to be excelling for some reason. <laughs> Um, but, you know, Chris Wood, the New Zealander who plays for Leeds United, is currently the top scorer in the championship. Now, this is a guy who, you know, five years ago, you know, coming through that, you know, West Brom reserves, he couldn't get a game for the baggies, man. Mm. Do you think the top maybe then that's a problem, you know, with this Premier League TV money? Do you think now there's going to be a gulf with the teams who are up there, have the money to not so much, not stay up per se, but then go down and still have that money to stay like Newcastle have sort of run away with things. It's, you know, the disparity is there. I I see what you mean. Yeah, it is weird, man. It is weird. Um, You know, nothing, it's nothing against Chris Wood or Leeds United. Chris Wood's the top scorer in the championship. Um, But, you know, he's, he's not the type of player you're going to buy for your Premier League club, even if you're you're Middlesbrough. That being said, Middlesbrough did buy. (laughs) And uh, Goose and the Dharma off us. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when you're in the Premier League, you've got that range of talent available to you. And, you know, you don't have that in the Championship. And it's crazy. There is a there is a massive gulf. Um, I've liked how exciting it's been. I mean, it had been better as a neutral. But it has been a very, a very varied season. You know, you could have seen teams like Forest go down. You could still even see Birmingham City go down, you know, after they had a <laughs> relatively strong start. So it, yeah, it, it, I think it, it, Birmingham's failings were probably more a failing that's like to do with football rather than the club itself. You know, this culture of sacking managers when they're not doing exactly yeah. what you want. Like, you know, no one can look at that decision and say that was a good move. And of course, but hopefully you know, they the for it. Yeah, at the start of the season, you wouldn't have said, you know, Birmingham City are going down or Nottingham Forest are going down. You'd have said, you know, Burton are going down, Rotherham are going down, which, you know, they are. <laughs> but, um, for my money, it's one of the better leagues in football. Um, you know, with football, you do want 
if you're outside those top four clubs, you do want the league to be slightly unpredictable. You do want it to be a fantasy tale. And, uh, you know, Leicester proved that last year in the Premier League, but it was a one-off. You know, you see leagues, Serie A, uh, the Premier League, even, you know, Scottish Premier League, just the same teams. You know, if you average it out, I'm pretty sure the same team is finishing the same place over the course of 50 years. And there's Mm. not much changes there. But the Championship, it's been really exciting. I'd have enjoyed it more as a neutral, but um, it has been a good league. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, I think people look at relegation as this massive negative thing, but you simply just drop into another standard of competition. Mm. You know, if there's 24 teams last year, maybe Aston Villa wouldn't have got relegated, but, you know, that's the way it goes, you know. But, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Promotion can't come soon enough, that being said, but still, <laughs> I'd rather be in the Championship and looking good than being in the Premiership and enduring another year like last year, is what I'll say. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point. I mean, I, I might have brought this up before, but I spoke to a Middlesbrough fan quite a while ago, and they made the point that just they quite they almost prefer playing in the Championship because they see their team play well and win in a lot of games, whereas then you go up and it's just like a real struggle. So yeah. I, I can see the benefits of going up, and, you know, obviously I want us to go back up, but I think a season down here, it's not been as bad as, you know, the doomsday people were maybe suggesting. Yeah. I mean, at the end of last season, you'd have, you know, like, people being so upset at going down. All you're losing is Premier League status, you know, the money that comes with the Premier League. Your football club isn't dying, you know. Three teams have to get relegated. You know, only one team can win the Premier League, so that, you know, that's why the cookie crumbles, doesn't it? But with Middlesbrough, you see a team that looks a lot like Aston Villa in the uh, in the Premier League. So, yeah, maybe, maybe it isn't all that good being promoted before you're ready. Mind you, Middlesbrough do only look like us because they've got half of our ex-players. But... <laughs> I mean, yeah, Adama um, hasn't performed for them at all. Um, I do, he hasn't registered one assist. Sam Johnston has more assists this season than Adama Traore, which I love. Yeah, I noticed another stat. Um, I follow Squawker on Facebook mm. and, you know, Emoji Emoji City over there. But they're... From what you'd have seen through them is that Adama was one of the best players in the Premier League. You know, he's the fastest. He's got the most take-ons. He's completed the most take-ons. He's got into the most dangerous positions. But nothing comes of it. And I think, you know, every single Villa fan could have predicted that. Oh, yeah. For him. For sure. <laughs> but, yeah, um, maybe the Premier League isn't the, the golden golden place the all the ivory tower that many predict it to be. Some clubs, like Villa last season, find, find it to be a place of desolation and misery. <laughs> but, yeah, Ellis, um, moving on. Playoffs, is this at all a realistic expectation now after that draw we've got? Well, five games to go. So the most we can get is 73 points. Bear in mind, Sheffield Wednesday are in sixth and we're on 69. So we'd want the teams that are in sixth, seventh, eighth and ninth to not win two games in five. It's just not going to happen really, is it? So, yeah, you've got Sheffield Wednesday on 69, Aston Villa on 58, 11 point gap, right? Yeah. Uh, Mathematically no. possible, but, you know. Realistic. Even if we close that gap, there's still five teams between us and Sheffield Wednesday who could do the same. Yeah. But, what I will not. say is I don't think there is a better team in form in the Championship. Oh, there is. All right. The two teams that are doing better than Aston Villa. In the last six games are Brighton, who can't affect Villa's promotion chase, <laughs> and Wolverhampton, who, looking at the table, can't really affect Villa's promotion chase on 51 points. Over the last 10 games, 
Aston Villa are the best team in the Championship by a point. And that is better than every single team above them by quite a margin. The only team above them, the only two teams above them threatening are Leeds United and Fulham on 18 points in the last 10 games, which is four points less than Villa. You know, I don't think that gap's big enough for it to be affected in the last seven games or so of the season. Or the last five even. Is it five? Yeah, it's five. Yeah, yeah, it's 46. So over the last five games of the season, nah, it's not going to happen, is it? No. Still, uh, you know, we didn't. We predicted a lot this season, and I don't think we'd have expected Aston Villa to be in this position. So, keep winning, see what happens. Especially if we can beat Reading, full. If we can beat Reading and Fulham, anything could happen. Yeah. Have you seen though? We're playing Reading on the Saturday, and then we're playing again on the Monday. We're playing Fulham on the Monday. Every every other team are playing on Friday, but we're playing Saturday. So we've got a Saturday, Monday, and everyone else has got a Friday, Monday. That's quite weird. So if we were still in the chase, which we're not, that would have actually had a massive impact because that's one whole day left. And like two days in between games, it's like not a lot. It's quite weird. So yeah, it's Saturday the 15th, and then we're playing Monday. But what's weird is, and I'm not sure if it's subject to change, but on my fixture list, we are playing Fulham at 245 Quarter to three in the afternoon. Yeah, I, yeah. It's quarter of an hour before it's Bank Holiday Monday, though, isn't it? Oh, fair play. <laughs> Catch me out there. But yeah, yeah um, it's still pre- that's still pretty odd. Yeah, no, it's. I think I've read this somewhere. I could be wrong. We're playing on the Saturday, and you're not the Friday because there's some church by Villa Park, and there's some kind of old rule that they can't play football. On Good Friday, because of the proximity to the church or something. That's I think that's a really interesting story there. I think you've got something there. But, um, Could be wrong, yeah, no, but I'm just going <laughs> to presume it's right. 17th April, Fulham versus Fulham. I think these two games, if you win these, we can maybe, depending on what happens, of course, we can you know maybe start to speak a bit more seriously about those hopes. But Villa are, you know, it's a long shot, but it's still a shot. Mm. So, player hopes you're saying no. I'm saying no. I mean, I said no from the start. I said no in August. I'm sticking to no. I'll take eighth happily. Well, I'm still hopeful, mate. I'm still hopeful. But um, yeah, as you said, it's uh, a lot to do. It's a, you know, it's not always in Villa's hands. Okay, so you know, there's a big been a been a big turnaround, and a lot of people have had to eat their words in the last few you know weeks and months. Ellis, you know, Steve Bruce was on the chopping <laughs> block, surely. In yeah, January. my bad. I was on the weed of it. I don't think it was wrong for you to say. Um, <laughs> Villa, Villa were doing poorly and nothing was being changed. And all of a sudden, there's another winning streak. Um, he started off on a great unbeaten streak. Then we went into the doldrums at the end of December. But now it's all turned around. So what does that say about Steve Bruce to you? I don't really know. Is he incons- I, yeah. I would say he's inconsistent, but then it's consistent runs. But then if you look at January, maybe could we attribute that losing streak to the loads of new players we brought in in January, you know, give them time to bed in. And then, you know, we've not really looked back. I think, you know, he's still the man for the job. Even though I didn't think he was at the time. But, hey, I'm, I'm eating my words. Uh, yeah, well, one thing I will say, I think regardless of anything, I think he deserved the full season. Yeah. At the very least, I mean. So even if we were still losing now, I'd still say, who who are we gonna you know who are we gonna pick? 
Is David Wagner available for Huddersfield? Probably not, you know, because he's going up. Is Chris Houghton available? Probably not, because he might be going up. You can't, you know, Gary Rowett might have been on the cards, but do we know for a fact that he could do a better job than Steve Bruce? No, we don't. Yeah, so. I still think we missed the boat on Gary Rowett, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, um, who, you know, turned, he's got more wins with, he's equal. It's a mad stat, isn't there? He's, yeah. he's equal he's something. He's won more okay. games in eight days at Derby than Zola has in five months at Birmingham. <laughs> that's, bad, that? that's bad. That's bad. But yeah, <laughs> it is fun. And, uh, you know, as we said, uh, Birmingham are getting quite close to uh, being relegated. If we go back to the form table, if you base it on form, Ellis, they're relegated. Yeah. They're 20, 23rd. Wow. They picked up six six points in ten games, and three of those points have been from uh, draws. Do you think well, yeah. they will stay up? Like, I, I, it's, I, a, it's a task on now for them. Seriously, um, forty six points. There's still fifth. What fifteen points to play for? Yeah. So if they do go down, I reckon it'll be in twenty second place. But look, they haven't. They aren't getting points, mate. Mm, but then Blackburn haven't won in seven. Um, I think Blackburn are the third team to drop, and I like Blackburn, so I hope they don't. But I, I don't see it changing to what it is now. So with the three bottom teams, Rotherham are done, and well, could, Rotherham you... were done in October. Let's be honest. Yeah, but Wigan and Blackburn are the teams that are trying to get out of the relegation zone. Blackburn are over the last six games; they're twenty third in form. They've got three points. That's exactly the same as Birmingham City. But Wigan have got six points in six games. So Wigan are, you know, if you want to see a team get out at the bottom, it will be Wigan on 37. They've got to make three points upon Black, uh, Blackburn, then another four to jump out. So they're the team that look most likely if they've been, you know, be yeah, but seven, seven in five games quite a lot. It's a big ask. It's a Depends big ask. they've got as well. I've not seen their running. Yeah, um, but that said, I think Birmingham are dead set set on 46. You know, 40, I think this is the, the amount of points they'll get for the rest of the season, to be honest. What, five straight losses to finish the season, you reckon? They haven't proved, they can't prove me wrong that, that you know, we know they're, they're capable of that. Mm, I, I think they'll get a win in this somewhere, and it'll be enough to make them like, squeezed to safety. The problem is. I don't think, and it's not a prob- really a problem for for me because I want Birmingham City to lose. But you know they're going to face teams like Burton. You know, luckily, lucky for them, they've got Rotherham they next. Them. Yeah, that's that's like lucky for three them. points, like three three points. That's a hard sentence to say. But yeah, wow. Yeah, they're going to get lucky. They don't deserve it. What they did to Rowett, they deserve to go down for that stupidity. It's just, yeah, I think everyone saw that as a stupid decision, to be honest. But um, yeah, Rotherham, that's a Debbie. I don't think they lose that at all, but you never know. You do never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got Rotherham, Burton, which I think that'd be very hard for them because Burton are a pretty decent team. It's home or away? It's and Burton's home. At St Andrews. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that hardly matters, though. To be honest, mate. I don't know. Burton's a bit of a fortress these days. I say yeah, that, just because just we couldn't still, get them. Still, they gave us a, a good go on uh, Boxing Day. Mm. 
I remember that quite well. They, they're a team that don't give up. Rotherham just don't have the talent. So you can see, you know, Rotherham, they don't lose at Rotherham. Don't lose at all. But um, they've got a hard run in. It's Burton, Villa, Huddersfield and Bristol. And those are all teams that... Have I, to play for. Yeah, either one of them. In the case of Bristol City, it's it, that's a game that could, you know, save Bristol City from relegation. Mm-hmm. And that's a way. That's Birmingham away at Bristol. So they've got it on there, man. And I think... If they are thrown off the rails at Rotherham, if they don't, you know, play to their fullest and now that win down against Rotherham, it could be that they they go out there with a draw or even a loss. You know, mm. we didn't, we even we didn't nail Rotherham down even with a, a two 0 win. They still come, they hit the bar a few times. Mm. They come close, but yeah, um, Birmingham City. I think we could be the team that put a nail in the coffin for them if uh, everyone that, else that, in the championship gears up. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? That would just yeah. be the, the peak. But uh, I'll tell you what, it's pretty great looking at the relegation race and not saying our name in it. You know, we've not said that in quite a few years. It's quite nice to be able to look down and, you know, not be there. Oh, yeah, of course. It's uh, it's refreshing. That's what I like about the Championship. You know, we haven't done well this season. We haven't done amazing. But to be nowhere near that relegation zone, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good feeling. It's mm-hmm. a good feeling. For sure. So Villa have got it hard, you know. I don't think they're making the playoffs. But that being said, it'll be good to see if we can, you know, at least uh, damn Birmingham City to at least a serious thought of relegation. But yes, yeah, Steve Bruce. Uh, going back to Steve Bruce, I think he's the man for us um, yeah. for at least um, the promotion campaign next year. Uh, I don't see anyone you could hire or being available on the managerial market has been better than him. Um, he's settled in. He seems to know what he's doing. Still some dodgy decisions. But I wouldn't change it. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100% there. He's earned another season, I think. Sweet. All right, one big thing going into next season then is the goalkeeper position, Ellis. Um, Villero said to have made a bid for Sam Johnston whilst uh, Pierluigi Gallini warms the bench at Atalanta. What happens there? Um, I don't know. I'm wary about putting all of our eggs in that one basket. A because is that he, the Sam Johnston basket. Yes, it is. But he might drop the basket. Um, but a <laughs> he might not even sign. And B, I don't think he's. I still. I'm not fully convinced that he's the man. I don't know. Like he's been a. He's improved. But what have you thought of his recent performances? I think he's been solid. Um, I don't think he's, he hasn't put a foot wrong. He, um, what was our last home match? Not I'm trying to remember. Uh, was it no QPR? Sorry, uh. on that not game against QPR. Um, that was when we scored rather early, and we looked. We had to hold on for the entire match. At the he did look shaky at the end. Mm. Um, he dropped the ball a few times with a striker around. Um, he kept punching the ball, which is agonising, <laughs> um, especially because if we can. No, it's not. We can QPR one of those teams that Holloway sets up to take the long shot. Yeah, and it's just there's always someone waiting on the edge of the area, and he kept punching out. It was really frustrating to watch. Um, that being said, he's young. He's super young. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was at the Norwich game, and he did nothing wrong. But every time the ball was anywhere near him, I just was like filled with dread. I just thought something would go wrong, and it didn't. But I just don't have oh, yeah. confidence in him, and I don't know if the confidence in him will actually ever come. But yeah, he's young. But I definitely think Villa should buy him. 
because you know we at this point we've developed another club's player at mm-hmm. our expense, and that expense came from a really shaky period in not mon- it wasn't financial expense. It was the fact that we gave up our season to effectively develop Sam Johnston into a capable player. So I think we are owed to buy Sam Johnston now, to be honest, because if we put that much faith into him, we can't mm-hmm. just send him back. But then you know. we fixed Tom cleverly and then he sort of shoved it in our face by going to Everton. I don't know if you had Everton are looking at Sam Johnston as well. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie, I'll be really annoyed if that happens again. Cause... Yes, Sunderland as well, which is a bit weird because they've got, well, their prodigy, uh, Jordan Pickford's been touted as the next Man City signing. Yeah, I mean, you've got to assume they're planning for a future without Pickford because he's a good keeper. I think Johnson, he's... I wouldn't say he's the best goalkeeper. I wouldn't say he's the worst goalkeeper. I think he's a, a pretty solid in-between. I've probably preferred him lately to, you know, people like Brad Guzan, definitely, and Mark Bunn. But I can't, mm. for the life of me, I can't place him above Galini, and I can't place Galini above Johnson. That yeah, seems to be I think Johnson's been forgiven for his errors more than Galini has, and people retrospectively seem to think Galini was a lot worse than he was. I don't. I can't believe that at all. I don't. I think he, he had a few howlers, but that wasn't. I. I can't pin them on. Pin them on him. It was because I feel like, you know, Galini didn't get much of the Chester-Baker partnership. Galini had to deal with Alfie and Chester, which was a calamity. Mm. And for the one, both the main goals I can blame Galini for, well, anyone could blame Galini for, the Huddersfield one where he kicked it off the player and the Sheffield Wednesday one where he sliced the ball is because it seemed like Alfie refused to bail him out. Yeah, and, communication uh, wasn't great back then. Um, it's got better, and I think Johnston's seen that, and Chester said, you know, it's our fault why Johnston wasn't good because we didn't drop deeper to protect him when he was nervy. Mm. So, you know, after you're giving them the benefit of doubt, then, I'd sign Sam Johnston, but I wouldn't feel enough. great about it. Would you re-sign Mark Burton? just to save us having to buy two goalkeepers in the summer. Because, you know, his contract's up. And, you know, I think, Jed, yeah. Jed Steer's not near coming back. I think Sarkic, he's got a new contract, but I don't think he's quite ready for second choice. Yeah. Um, Jed Steer, um, I've seen a bit of him throughout his career at Norwich and Villa and some of his lower league stuff. He's, mm. he's not bad. But if you're saying Jed Steer over Galini and Sam Johnston, then that's a head shaker, mm. man. Do we just cut our losses with him then, do you reckon? Yeah, cut the losses. Mm. Uh, Sarkic is definitely one for the future. Mm. I think that's a guy you keep around. But it, it could be another Seagrass situation where you keep a guy from 16, 17, wait until he's 20. No, we sold him. No, we didn't even sell him. We cut his contract uh, ah. in the summer. But he, he was a, a golden boot winner. At one of the young youth World Cups, he was golden boot, golden glove. Even ah, I was going to say that's impressive. Sorry, <laughs> but um, I still can't wrap my head around this Galini situation mm-hmm. at all. I understand what happened and why it happened, but Villa promised him certain situations to be in place for him to choose Villa over other clubs, and then Villa removed those conditions. Yeah, that's, that sounds that's weird. Unfortunate, isn't it? But 
you know, I guess it happens. But yeah, um, I'd say Mark Button, you know, I'd keep him around just because he comes across as like, he's, like have you watched all these latest uh, YouTube videos? I was just about to say that, the inside that the like numbers room. and stuff. Like, Someone always mentions him yeah, as a leader. He seems to be a really popular figure, and I think it's worth keeping him around just for that. Yeah, him, Hutton, and Gabby Abanlaw seem to be really popular figures in their dressing room. And people on Twitter who don't have insight into the club do seem to point at these three players in particular as dressing room toxins, which I think is unfair. You know, especially in the case of Mark, in Mark Bunn's case, I think that's the type of player you sign on, the, as a, on a contract to become an eventual goalkeeping coach at Villa. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the type of player you develop into that role, like we did with Andy Marshall all those years ago. I think he still might be at the club. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But, um, I definitely sign Mark Bunn because I think he's a serviceable back. You, you shouldn't be using your backup goalkeeper. And no. the worst case scenario for Villa is where they sign. Sam Johnston. Galini decides he wants to come back to Aston Villa and you've either you've got two young goalkeepers and that you've got to try and develop and one of them's gonna be unhappy with their playing time. I think Galini's done though. I can't see him coming back. The problem is with Galini's future is he was so he, Atalanta have two on loan goalkeepers. Who else and, they got? Uh let me just check. Oh it's um the uh Berisha, the uh yeah, yeah. Albanian. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's better than Galini. Like, yeah, he's I, on loan to uh, yeah, Atalanta. And the only time he's yeah. been benched, the only time he's been benched is when Atalanta were devoured by Inter mm-hmm. um, 7-1. And the only time Galini's played is in the aftermath of that match. Uh, so unfortunate for him. Yeah, um... And in other news, Juventus, who did who were chasing Galini's train up, um, have uh, moved on to Meret of a uh, Meret of Udinese, who's meant mm. to be one of the you know one of the biggest talents in Italian goalkeeping, apart from Donnarumma, who's out of their league. Um, you know he yeah. won't be sold from Milan. He's a pretty special um, player, isn't he? Yeah, he's great. He's fantastic. Um, he made a uh, Galini's cowler the other day. It's pretty funny, but yeah. Um, Galini seems to, in terms of Italian goalkeeping, I've been keeping a close eye on it, as I have done from managing in Milan, but yeah. I have not seen a word. Of, he, his name was heavily mentioned at the start of the season, going into January as well. His name was always, you know, on every bit of news from a Gazetta. If a team was looking for a keeper, Galini would be the keeper they were looking for. It's, it's gone quiet. Mm, I can see him maybe going back to Verona. I feel like they'd want him back. And I don't think there's any point us keeping him if he's not going to ever play. It's just whether or not we loan yeah. him again and see if we can get some money for him. But then he will just join the loan farm that Villa seem to have at the minute. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit weird as well because his loan doesn't end until next season. And it seems that Atalanta are going to sign Borussia. So, yeah, I think it hasn't it, it hasn't worked out for any party involved, to be honest. No. Either the player or the two clubs loaning him or you know, have him on loan. So uh, yeah, I mean goalkeeping, if you don't choose Sam Johnson Ellis, who do you choose? Um Dependent on whether or not Liverpool sign Fraser Forster. If they don't, we should consider 
uh, their second choice keeper, you know, uh, Alex McCarthy. I don't think okay. he'd come, but I think he's a very good goalkeeper that deserves first team minutes. And if we offer that to him, you know, I think he would be the man. You know what player I'd gun for with all of the might in the world? Who's that? Alex Smith, he's of QPR. Nah, nah, no chance. Solid, mate. Nah, not having that. Um, really? Yeah, he's he's just a I bit think... flappy. You reckon? Yeah, I don't think he's solid. Is there any other keeper who would come to Villa? I don't think there's many. Uh, I'm just thinking of second choices a... at big teams. Uh... Is Sorensen still going? Yeah. He got his first ever red card this season as a forty-year-old playing for Melbourne. <laughs> that, that, there's no way he'll come to Villa and those Australian paychecks. <laughs> oh yeah, they're owned um, by the same people as Manchester City. To be fair, <laughs> so he probably is on a fair uh, wage. Uh, yeah, uh, I, for the life of me, I can't think of a goalkeeper. If you're going to buy a player, I think you buy you buy Sam Johnston. If you can, yeah, I suppose I'm still skeptical, I mean, but I'll, I'm, if we do sign him, you know, I'll give him my full support for whatever that's worth. All right, then. Well, I think that's now down. There's one final thing to speak about this in terms of players, and that's Loney's. Yeah, God knows there's enough of them. Like, we got Are 10 we... players out. Yeah, and. I think a lot of uh, people on Villa Twitterverse, they're really sceptical about the talents of Carlos Hill, uh, Jordan Veritu, and Carlos Sanchez, who are the three main, I'd say, the three main lone players. Mm, um, and I'm not sure about Hill. I think you might know more about his current status than I do. He's getting game time. and Is he doing anything with that game time? I don't think so, but he seems happy there. And I think he's come out and said he wants to stay there. So I'm pretty sure. And I don't think he had to bring any... Like, I mean, I don't think he's what we need. But we've got enough players to fill, you know... I mean, Adoma plays down the right. As frustrating as he is, he probably offers more to a championship side than Carlos Heal. But... I mean, saying that, Adoma, he's good. But Carlos Hill's infinitely more talented than Albert Adoma, surely. Yeah, he's got, you know, the flair, but, you know, Albert Adoma, when it comes down to the thick of it, he's more likely to get stuck in, I think. Fair play. Um, Yeah, I mean, Carlos Hill would be a big miss for me because I think he's a very likeable player. And when Villa were struggling, he did seem to try and take that role on the chin and fight for Villa to get better. Mm, That's true. Like, he is by all accounts, likeable, but I just don't think he's the man for the team in the position that the team's in. Had we gone up this year, you know, maybe there'd have been value in having him, but it's, it's a no from me, unfortunately. Um, Even though we say we do we do this size in the championship, um, but Sean Teal, ex-Villa player, vocal on Twitter, um, Sean Teal says Hill doesn't have it doesn't matter about the size of physique. Hill says, no, uh, Teal says about Hill that he doesn't have the bottle to play in the championship. And I think that's false. Yeah, I think that's outrageous. That's bollocks. Yeah. Um, because I think Hill's best match was when Tony Pulis targeted him against Espanol. I've said this many times. 
Hill got the shit kicked out of him in that mm. match. You could I was zooming in on his socks. There's blood everywhere. Cut marks down the back of his socks. I think that was his best game. Nothing happened, but I still think that's one of the game he got stuck into. I think that's that's bollocks that is because you see yeah. a player like Hotter, he's just as you know, just as dainty as uh, Hill, and he's tearing up the championship. He do- Hotter for Brentford done us in that one game. Oh yeah, definitely. I remember that. Um, and uh, ideally, I think Hill could do that. Yeah, but at the expense of who? Ah, that's true. I personally, I think he's a better player than Albert Adoma, but I don't think I'd change him mm. for uh, Albert Adoma. I'd sacrifice him in the squad for Bjarnason, but then I don't think Steve Bruce would do that, given that you know he's not had a chance yet. But you know, I mean, the one I would advocate us getting back is Jordan Veratu. I don't know what you think of him, but he's had a great uh, honestly, season. Yeah, I was going to go for that. Play, uh, Sean in uh, the Europa League, he's done fairly well in uh, Ligue 1. Not, not too bad of a player, I think. And I think certainly if he does want to come back and continue his Aston Villa career, I don't know why he would because he's at a higher level. Yeah, now. I, I don't think he does. But, you know, I think he did say, I don't want to. I don't think, I think with most of Villa's loans, I don't think they're like a loan to buy deal. Colours he is. Yeah, um, but Verity was one of those Tom Fox five-year contract things, wasn't it? Oh, God, yes. So, And I think in terms of Verity, I think that's a great thing to have because he's a good player. I don't think, for some reason, Villa fans can't see that, but I think Verity is a fucking, you know, he's a great player. Mm. Yeah, he uh, doesn't play with Pogba. Yeah, no loan to buy, can confirm. Yeah, so that's, that's that's good for Villa. And, um, you know, the money will help in the summer if we are to sell him. But I do hope that's a player we keep. Because mm. you look at Villa's midfield options, and no offence to Gary Gardner, I think he's done fairly six out of ten well this season. Yeah. But um, Jordan Veritu is just a, he's a better player, and I'd rather have him on the bench. Simple as. If I had to make a change, Hurahan come off for Gardner, I'd rather it be Hurahan come off for Veritu. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. Sanchez is gone. Yeah. Um, fairly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's pointless not speaking about him, because um, he has done fairly well for Fiorentina yeah. this season. A couple um, of times I've seen him play, wasn't special, but yeah, definitely. I will, I will admit to that when I saw him play against Milan, but that was because he's been played as a left-sided centre back. Oh dear! <laughs> and he got run over in that game by uh, Delafeo. But um, yeah, I mean. I would have kept him for this championship season because I've never thought Carlos Sanchez is a horrible player. Villa fans do have it out for him. Mm. But I think he's a pretty... He's not special. But I think he's, he's solid. But, you know, so is Mila Yedidak now. Yeah. And uh, and Yednak's got the but, height on him. So Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that that move worked out, I, I guess. Um, but I think for, I'd want Verity back. Uh Two big loanies as well, Ross McCormack and Aaron Tishbola. What happens there? Tishbola wants first team football. He said he's not really getting it. He's not getting it at Forest. He's not getting it with us. But if he ain't getting it at us and Forest, he's not going to get it many places in the Championship. Do we cut our losses because he was like five million, or do we go down the Gary Gardner route and just loan him out and loan him out again? The thing is, he'd need to get. He'd have to be loaned to a League One club to get game time. Or somewhere like Burton or 
Bristol. Yeah. I don't think he's a bad player. I think I think it's just one of them cases of wrong time. We've bought him maybe too early, maybe when we couldn't fit him in the team. Mm. And especially when we bought so many midfield players in um January. He's not gonna have a, a shot. But they are better players. I think Pianus and yeah. um, Hohan, Lansbury, Yedinak, they're better yeah, players. Definitely, definitely. And yeah, you would it's not like you'd say Tishbola's better than Gardner, I don't think. I think mm. they're fairly, fairly similar. They offer different things, I feel yeah. like. But they are fairly similar in what they can But then do on Tishbola the pitch. maybe has more upside than Gary Gardner. Oh definitely yeah. So. I'd say that. But he'll only he'll only realise that through playing time, and I don't think he'll get it out of Villa. No, Which is and a shame. especially don't if he's not getting it out of Forest. There's not many places he'll get it. To be frank, yeah, because uh, Burton are fairly decent in midfield with uh, Jackson Irvine and Matty yeah. Palmer. Jackson Irvine think... could be off somewhere better though, because he's had a great season. So I think you know. I'd like to see Villa going for him. To be to be perfectly honest, I think I he's fairly. Think we need him, but I'd like us to have him. Apparently, some Chinese team was after him in January and offered like a stupid amount of money for him. But that's, that's not a bad move really, for an Australian player, is it? Mm, it that's heavily Close. unconfirmed, but yeah, good player. But yeah, um, and you got to think Sunderland are going to be coming down. There's a lot of teams coming down in the season who are going to make a big splash in the championship, uh, especially in terms of transfers. So Villa have kind of got to be on the ball with that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I can't see uh, Shishbola coming back. Ross McCormack, I think, possibly has a role to play if he can put all the uh, personal issues of the winter behind him. Mm. I mean, who's going to pay the amount of money that we paid for him for him? So cause if no one's going to buy him, we can't really sell him. But then, nor should we sell him because you know, our, our strikers are pretty much set. You know, Kodja number one, Hogan two, McCormack as a third choice is pretty great. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I can't say I haven't been impressed by Scott Hogan. I think he's been. He's a good player. He's proved that for Brentford. It's just Villa struggles so much to fit him in. Mm-hmm. And I feel he looked good against Norwich, but then he went off with that knock. But you know, he got that goal. Yeah, he got that goal, which is going to be good for his confidence, and that's meant that people have got off his back a little bit. But I think next season's the big one for him. He's an out-and-out striker, and I think McCormack. You can play as a midfielder. You can play him on the wing. You know, he's fairly serviceable. Whereas Hogan and Codger are quite limited in what they can do. They are great players. But I think they they do struggle when you put them in, you know, outside of the goal. Codger works out wide. He shouldn't be ever played out there. But when we've done it, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I wouldn't. You'd rather have someone like McCormack you can bring on to put out wide because he's fair. You know, he's wasted out there, but he's got it fairly better than Codger, and you don't want to take Codger away from the middle. Um, who else have we got on loan then? Ali Soko, but you know that's a write off. Um, Is he better than Neil Taylor? No, not a chance. You reckon? I mean, I'm heavily oh, like... biased, but not a chance. <laughs> he's better. I think he's better. Uh, better at left back than Amavi, though. I feel Amavi just—he's had a a bad season at left back. I don't know. I think the longer we go without seeing Ali Sissoko, the better we think he is. <laughs> I, I just remember Watford last year, and he was just dismal. Didn't we loan? Yeah, we loaned him out last year. Him was praying for him to come back. Yeah, and then regretted it every game after that. 
Have you heard some weird Villa news, actually, Villa-related? Uh, Tony Adams took over uh, <laughs> Granada. Yep. And immediately, within 24 hours of signing his managerial contract at Granada, he's took on two former villains on loan, yeah. uh, Nigel Rio Coca and uh, Kieran Richardson. It's. I feel sorry That's... for whoever supports Granada because... Jesus. I mean, I can see Nigel Rio Coca when I scoop my eyes, but Kieran Richardson is a desperate, desperate signing. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't cut it at Cardiff this year, and now they've given him a step up. It's, I mean, Granada's a mess, but that, if that's the answer, the problem's much bigger than you've ever expected. The thing is, Kieran Richardson, when I when I was younger, I remember him being quite a talent, and he literally never even looked like realising it. Whereas <laughs> Nigel Rio Coco has been fairly solid his whole career. You know, yeah. I don't think he's had much difficulty being bad at all. <laughs> Whereas Kieran Richardson can't help but being fucking awful at all times um but yeah i mean that's a pretty desperate move um that that seems like an aston villa late last year move to be fair granada only have seven players that aren't loanies <laughs> looking at their squads so i can see why they might need players but i don't think those would ever be the solution you'd want in the top tier in spain you know messi you know, running down the wing, Kieran Richardson falling over trying to stop him. Lionel Messi versus uh, so it'd be Neymar, Messi, and Suarez potentially against <laughs> Kieran Richardson. Christ! But yeah, yeah uh, hearing uh, Nigel Rio Coca's name being r- sang out, you know, across uh, the La Liga would be uh, something. <laughs> Yeah, uh, in terms of Villa Loney's fan, I think we're pretty... Are we done there? Uh, yeah, you just got, you know, Niall Mason, Kevin Toner, Henry Cowens, you know. Keep, either keep them, keep them around or loan them out. It doesn't make any difference, really. Yeah, I think Niall Mason's probably got the most potential out of those. Kevin Toner was pretty good. I, I know he scored a goal, but then cocked it all up with a terrible performance. Mm. Um, I think I feel like he's a Nathan Baker, someone you don't really. Kieran Clark got all the plaudits coming through the academy. Yeah, you know, as as the, the you know the defensive leader, but I think Nathan Baker has come fairly underrated through his career to be a solid centre back, and I feel that's something to be expected from uh, Kevin Toner, and I'd, I'd like to see us keep him around, to be honest. But yeah, I feel that's about it for today, Ellis. Yeah, I mean, just a couple more weeks of the season left get to the end of that maybe have another episode to talk about the season as a whole and then look at the yeah, summer yeah we'll definitely ball. do some, some kind of post-season award show I think will be quite funny <laughs> oh yes definitely, definitely. yeah definitely I think that's what we'll do we'll wrap up the season in the next show within the next two or three weeks within a month anyway but yeah guys thanks for listening this podcast has now been going for about a year I think me and Ellis have enjoyed every second for and sure. as for Adam I think he's enjoyed it when he can be on I think he's travelling at the moment or doing something fairly better than being on a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, Ellis, thank you for a year of co-hosting and uh, we'll catch up soon to wrap up Villa season. Thank you very much for listening, guys.